On today's episode of Scientific Healing, you're going to hear... You know, coming out of a very unhealthy relationship with a man who is very ill and into a relationship with a man who is very healthy and very loving and my needs were getting met in a different way. It was nothing short of miraculous for me. I knew, I knew in my soul that it was possible, but to experience it is a very different thing, right? Here is today's scientific healing tip. So the thing that I'd like you to do now is to straighten up your spine and put your shoulders back. This is allowing the energy to flow up and down your body the most easily. And it also allows, you know, when you're standing up straight, the front of you is no longer crouched over, which is a protective position. It's with the shoulders back, it allows the whole chest and belly area to open up. As soon as that happens, cortisol levels drop, you your testosterone levels rise, and you feel more confident. That's because your body is in a confident stance, and you're um, with your body in that confident stance, it allows the hormones to go likewise. Hello everyone, you're listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Chopolis. I know the power of vibrational healing by combining physics and ancient healing arts to develop my own system that has helped thousands and thousands of people, my clients and healing students. Discover how you can energetically attract new clients when working as a healer or coach at scientifichealer.com forward slash success. You've heard me say it many times. Research over the last 80 years shows that your health and wealth depend on eight factors. And believe it or not, the top factor is your relationships. And today's guests, Denise and Joe, are going to talk exactly on that important topic. Matchmaking, relationship coaches, relationship therapy are all really big business. My most popular posts and programs are on relationships, especially important love relationships. Why is it so tough to be happy in them? And why are these programs so sought after? I recently met Denise and Joe at a local event and was very impressed by their ideas on relationships, and some of which was gained from Denise's willingness to go through uncomfortable experiences with them. She brings a unique insight to what's going on in your close relationships. After a long, difficult marriage that she chose to stay in despite its difficulties, she learned so much about the dynamics between human beings. This relationship shaped her ideas and helped her develop into a transformational love coach. She has been coaching and healing for 25 years and a love coach since 2006. She has written a compelling book which reveals the 10 secret ingredients for healed, happy, and healthy relationships. Let's see if we can get Denise to reveal some of her best secrets now. And Joe, her partner, is an international speaker teaching workshops to thousands of people around the world. For three years, Joe MCWPPI's WPPI's Awards Night, that's wedding photographers, people, in Las Vegas. In 2010, he was awarded Humanitarian of the Year by WPPI, and that's a really big organization. That's no small task. 
Joe is a playful paradigm shifter, masterfully connecting the dots between creativity, psychology, and spirituality. Boy, this is going to be a really juicy, juicy show, people. As you may have guessed by now, Joe and Denise are the living example of a relationship on permanent honeymoon status, something you may not have believed was possible. I can't wait to get into their story and how they can help you transform your own relationship on this level. Welcome to the show, Joe and Denise. I'm so happy you're here. Oh my gosh, Anastasia, thank you so much for having us. We're really excited to be here. Most very excited to be sharing with your audience. Oh yeah, there. it's like, it's just such a big challenge to be in a relationship and my story is very similar to yours. I was with um, a, a husband for 10 years. He's the father of my two children who was an abusive alcoholic and it has its own unique challenges, right? Oh my. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> challenges for sure. Uh, many times I thought I was the crazy one. Not that he was crazy, he was wounded, but um, I, I felt crazy a lot of the times and had to keep reeling myself back in to, oh, wait, I'm healthy and stable and I'm learning, right? I just. Right. It's, I, I always said that I'm trying to make not sense out of nonsense is what <laughs> I said, because it's all a smokescreen. Yeah. <laughs> So, Joe and Denise, you each have personal and compelling story on how you started down the path to helping people heal their relationships. Could you each tell us yours? Yes, we'd love to. I think, well, first of all, I've been on this journey of healing relationships since I was a little girl. I can, by the time I was nine years old, my mother was in her fourth marriage and she had gone on to marry four more times. And my father was also married eight times uh, in his life. And um, so I'm very, very familiar with broken relationships and what goes on in establishing a relationship, it breaking down, getting out of a relationship and all of that energy. And then I, you know, Anastasia, I know you do a lot of work with uh, energy healing, and I'm sure that I had made a, a decision and maybe a commitment to myself that I would only be married once. And so I was married for 33 years to a chronic alcoholic. And I'd like to say that he wasn't an abuser because he wasn't mean to me. He was a very sweet man and he was very wounded. And, but in the process of dealing with the dynamics of addiction, um, <clears throat> there's a lot that I went through of insecurities. I felt very, uh, my life felt very chaotic with him. I, and in the meantime, while he was in his strategies of survival, I was going to experts and learning how to heal myself and uh, learning about relationship tools and learning about deep, deeper principles and spirituality that literally gave me a foundation to remain uh, <clears throat> in a state of love, a loving state most of the time, in a happy state most of the time, because I went outside of my relationship with my husband to be fulfilled and in my spirituality, in intimacy with communication with friends and deep connection with my church. And so I learned how to, you know, navigate and get my, my footing. But I also knew that I wasn't going to do this forever. I knew that it wasn't healthy for either one of us. 
And it wasn't mm-hmm. in either one of our best interests for me to stay. So after my youngest son uh, graduated from high school in 2013, um, my ex-husband went on a, a binge and that was the opportunity that I took to exit the relationship. That So, so I, I want to, the, you, you made some really crucial, important points is that people always say, I'll be happy in a good relationship, but you were in a relationship that wasn't working and you were still happy. That is really, um, that is really an important lesson for people to learn because I, I also experienced that same thing because I did exactly what you did. And, and so people, you, you know, the listeners need to realize that it's not the relationship making them happy because that's an out, you know, an external force that's coming inward. It's really starting from you and working outward. Right. So you did something just really incredible and staying in that, that relationship for that long. I did not last that long because <laughs> I got, I got too sick. I was very, very physically ill. Yes. And the stress also, of it. You were also being abused. Physically and and more emotionally, mine was chaos, which, by the way, was a very familiar emotional state for me, because I grew Mm -hmm. up in all of that chaos, right? Yeah, that's incredible. Each of your parents married eight times. Wow, like it was a contest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I think that I think that this actually is a key, and we'll get into it later. It's a key to really what the foundation of your work is and that is being able to stay in the honeymoon state because people get together and all their hormones are flowing like crazy and then and then all of a sudden it wears off and they're standing there and now what like my husband and I've been married just over four years now it was four years last month Mm -hmm. and um you know I still have a, a it's not that honeymoon phase, but I still have a warm feeling towards him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a really, in my opinion, a good workable relationship because we can negotiate really well. And so, but, uh, you know, that honeymoon thing that, you know, you and I talked about before, uh, it's not the same thing. So I can't wait to hear how you get, how you get to do that. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So Joe, tell us a little bit about you. Well, my journey, my journey to helping couples uh, in relationship really began observing them on one of the biggest days of, of their lives, which is their wedding day. And as a wedding photographer for 25 years, I participated in perpetuating the myth that by somehow walking down the aisle and saying, I do, you're going to live happily ever after. And so my job was photographing and capturing moments that really revealed the joy and the happiness and the celebration of this experience. But as I look back, what I noticed was that the couples that I had the privilege of being a part of their day uh, spent an enormous amount of time and energy and money on this one day, this one day of, of bringing their lives together and, and didn't spend very much time at all preparing with classes or uh, interviewing one another to really get a foundational idea of what life together will look like after they say I do. So as, as I, and, and interestingly, I met, my, I met my wife at the very first wedding that I photographed, and I was married for 20 years. 
Mm-hmm. And through that time, I only thought I would be married one time. And, and, and after my divorce, I really, I, I, I began to look at thing, at, look at these couples who I had photographed, who some of them only lasted a year or two uh, with, with the idea that perhaps my life's calling is in uh, supporting couples in a way that is going to then help them to create a love legacy in in both their partnership with one another and with their families and then extend out into their friends and their communities. Exactly. That sounds awesome. And, you know, wedding photography, that is a place where you actually get to meet all these young couples or these couples that are just starting out. So this is an ideal place, right? Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, (laughs) yes. I, uh, you know, my husband and I got married in Las Vegas because my mom was really sick at the time. And uh, we felt that that was the easiest way to do it. Just go. And um, his sister came along and was the witness. (laughs) (laughs) And then we came back like the next day and then we celebrated all together with a party. But, um, uh, but the the photography, of course, was really interesting because of the way the photographer interacted with us. So uh, that must be really fun for you. It was a tremendous pleasure. It was, Mm -hmm. it was really a beautiful gift to share with couples, with hundreds of couples. Yeah, it's been a blessing. Yeah. So your your premise is different, you know, I talked with you both earlier, and your premise is different than other people's on relationships. You know, I've read many, many books on the topic and experienced my own relationship traumas. Uh, and and uh, it actually starts at the beginning, in my opinion, the beginning of the relationship. And so how do couples uh, start off on their relationship on the wrong foot? Well, let's start with the law of attraction. So with this law that governs, that governs our lives and governs the earth, um, one of the things that is a very divine design is that we're attracted to our equal opposite, right? So mm-hmm. think about, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> if you think about emotional health on a straight line, and mm-hmm. the place that you can be is in the center right? Mm-hmm. Balanced, mm-hmm. healthy place. To whatever mm-hmm. you are wounded to one side of that balance, you will attract your equal and opposite woundedness to the other side. So let's use codependency and dependency. Those are probably one of the key words that people can relate to the most. Mm-hmm. So as dependent, if they're like, let's say halfway from, from the balance to extreme, they will be attracted to a codependent on the other side about halfway through, halfway down that line. What that, what that looks like is that we, we see in others at a subconscious level what we believe that they can cert, how they can fulfill us or meet needs that we don't feel. Uh, and most of this goes on at a subconscious level, so we have to realize this. This is why most people need help like energy work um, or relationship tools because we're blinded to the things that we're totally unaware of that are going on at that subconscious level. So at that level, we're attracting what we require. Exactly. Our healing. I agree. It's for our healing. But what we think it is, is, oh, this is going to make me feel better. No, the work that is presented within that attraction is what's going to make you better if you'll do the work. 
Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example with Joe and I. I, what I didn't know before I got into a relationship with Joe was this very strong rooted uh, belief system that I had that I didn't matter. Now, every time I'd have a button, you know, I'd, uh, Joe would say something or, or make choices, it would land on this button that I had that I don't matter. And I thought it was, I, I mean, I, because I understand this, this process, what I recognize is, oh, you're the gift for the button that I haven't been aware of, for the wound that hasn't had my attention. So when most people get together from this, this polarity, this dynamic of the law of attraction, they think that the other person should um, do behaviors or say things that's gonna make them feel better or behave better in their own life. And that's where I think a big mistake is made. Uh, it's really, that's really a process of, of getting together from a place of need and from a place of getting rather than from a place of love, love being the opposite of need, because love is complete and it needs nothing. And the opposite of getting would be giving, that I'm here to give and bless and you know, support you on your journey, and we can do this together as a couple. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. So to just rephrase it so you know uh, the listeners can get a, a good idea of what you mean, is that when your buttons are being pushed, um, so let's say I was insecure, that was me before. I was insecure about people wanting to be around me because I, I felt like I wasn't interesting enough or love me, lovable enough or something like that. And so then if uh, people, like the group made a decision to go somewhere without consulting me, I would feel left out. Yes. So, but that wasn't what was happening. It was just my perception of it. So then my perception of it is showing and where I got hurt is showing me exactly the place I need to work. Exactly. Yes. Right. So our partners right. are really our gift. Where yes, they are. Most people see them as a problem <laughs> down the road, you know, not right when we were attracted to them, obviously, but down the road, what they think is that, wait a minute. I had this idea of who you are and what you were bringing to the table. And now I'm, you know, there's this shift that's happening and I don't understand it, but I need you to behave. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> exactly. And you can't, you, you know, you can't, the only behavior you can control is yours. Yes. And that's and, good news. And that's right. When I get mad now, I always think, Hmm, what is it about me that I'm angry about? <laughs> Man. <laughs> and and one of the things it's so interesting so as a wedding photographer and observing all these couples walking down the aisle and saying i do one of the things that i that i've noticed is the shift when i'm when i'm when i have been photographing people's engagement sessions um there's in that in in what you termed the honeymoon stage which will we can apply even before the wedding often mm -hmm. it is a lot before the wedding where we get into a place of, we easily get into a place of performing. In other words, we wanna show the best possible version of ourself to our potential husband or wife so that they are attracted to us in a way that, um, you know, in a way that they might, may wanna spend their lives with us. 
Mm -hmm. This is the issue I think where people get really hooked in, in when they're first starting off is that we perform and we perform like crazy in order to be accepted in order to what we believe to make ourselves look good to be accepted. And one of the things that really attracted me to Denise when, when we first met was she said, Joe, you're never going to be my problem. You're only going to ever be my opportunity to learn what I need to learn. And I was like, wow. So she said, if you burp or fart normally, like just do that so that I know who it is that I'm choosing in relationship. And there's no surprise. And I think a lot of times where when, when you're in performance mode, because we learn performance from our parents, we learn to perform for our teachers or our pastors or our, our not so much our friends, but but certainly our intimate relationships, we definitely are performing often. And so Denise wanted to make a, a, an evaluation based on who I truly am. And it takes a lot of courage to show up authentically. However, there's a lot of freedom also in showing up authentically. And then that then leads you to information that then you can make a choice of, well, do I, would I really like to spend the rest of my life with this person? You know, in other words, if I have a, an alcohol issue or a gambling issue and I try to hide that and it come, it only comes out later, then that's where there, and there's a lot of uh, trouble and with the deception that happened in the beforehand. And I think we call these things um, micro tears in, in trust where if, if you're not upfront about who you truly are and being authentic at the beginning, uh, these issues are going to emerge because you can't maintain the performance. Right, and the performance is just like you said, um, how you know, you're performing, so you're putting on a show to get people to like you, but then they're not liking the real you. So I'm just repeating this uh, you know, right. so people will understand not liking the real you. So how would you feel it, when they discover that you, the real you is so different than, than the performing you or the facade that you built, the acting that you built, mm -hmm. and then they decide to let you go? Instead, wouldn't it be better to be authentic and in complete alignment with your values and who you are and have somebody like you for that or dislike you for that? And, you know, disliking, I ask people all the time, do you like 100% everybody? And they say no. And then I said, why should everybody like you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? And the, the thing that you say when somebody doesn't like you is next. Yes. <laughs> Anastasia, I think people also need to understand why we perform. Uh, number one, it's uh, we we don't recognize our own value and who we are at, at at our essence level, and we see a lot of our messiness, right? Like we see things we'd prefer other people not see, but it's also it's fear based. And anytime we make a decision from a place of fear, which I believe a lot of people get into relationships from from a fear-based place. And one of the ways that I know, or how I know that's true is because we ask a lot of people, were there any red flags that you can see now that you weren't willing to acknowledge earlier in your relationship before you walked down the aisle or before you moved in with that person? Were, what were those red flags? We want to raise their consciousness to show them that their intuition has been talking to them all along Spirit has been there to guide them and they've dismissed it. And why have they dismissed it? Because mm -hmm. they were afraid they would be alone. 
They would afraid someone wouldn't be there to love them. So I think that's where we need to, um, uh, they need to start making a distinction and raise their awareness. That's awesome. And I, I do know that red flags um, do show up almost immediately. It's just that people won't acknowledge them because they want the relationship to fit into a certain mold and they kind of push and massage it and everything. And it simply doesn't work, right? So can I share it? Do we have time for a story around that? Yeah, let's do that. And then we'll go to break and come back. Okay. Let's do that quick story. In this story, um, in my relationship with Joe, in the very beginning, he told me that he was going to date a lot of women as soon as his divorce was final. He had already moved out. They had already signed divorce papers in California. It takes six months for a divorce to be final. Correct. It was going to be um, honor his vows until his divorce was final. So he told me that in the very beginning of, of our relationship. And I, I loved that, right? Because I invited that, that level of honesty. And I said, fine, you know, if you don't mind, I am enjoying the experience that I'm having with you it's very healing for me and so I'll just I'd like to stay along on the ride with you um, until you're ready and then I'll exit like I wasn't going to be one of the women he was going to date I was just going to go on right and so I could have looked you know some people would have said oh well that was your red flag no I'm in full awareness of what I'm doing just like when I was in my marriage with Tim, I was fully aware of the choices that I was making every day to be in a relationship with a man who was so severely wounded and covering those wounds with alcohol and it was killing. Mm-hmm. So that's the distinction I want to make between yes, there are red flags. You can make a conscious decision. Is it worth the investment of continuing or is that your cue to exit? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It makes total sense. And thank you so much for that. That is also a beautiful point to make is that just be being more aware. And instead of just crossing that person off your list, right, you can make a conscious decision. Um, I, are you enjoying it? Is it? Is it doing you good? Or do you need to, or is that um, what I call or what you would call, you know, like a fatal flaw, a deal right? Breaker. Yeah. Or a deal breaker, fatal flaw for me. And you know, that the relationship has to go away. Yeah. And there, there are certain fatal flaws that I have, you know, it's like no hitting. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and um, the other thing I don't like is when somebody decides how they're going to spend my money. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I was in a very short-term relationship and he would say, oh, let's go out to dinner. And then he'd say, oh, well, we'll split the bill. And I'm going, no, you ask me. (laughs) So that was fatal flaw. That that ended that quick. Well, the other mistake that women have a tendency to make more than men is that they'll, they'll see the red flag clearly. And, but then they feel like they're going to override it. Oh, he'll change right. his mind. So with Joe, he doesn't ever want to actually be walk down an aisle and get married again. And I knew I wanted to get married, but I had to decide, is that a deal breaker? Not, can I convince him otherwise? No, I'm going to accept he, where he is and what's important to him and his values. And can I, will I be okay with that? So I am like, I'd rather have Joe than no, not no relationship with him. Cause I can't have a wedding day, right? That doesn't matter to me, but it's important to make those, 
those distinctions with your red flags. Awesome. So after the break, we'll, we'll finish up this little bit of a conversation and we'll dive deeper into that and uh, talk about your process and right and how people can find you. So um, I want to remind all of our listeners that you're listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Chopolis. Today, my special guest is Denise Darlene, and that's her last name, and Joe Palsevic. Love Coaches Extraordinaire. When we return after the break, we'll dive deeper into their transformational processes for relationships. Stay tuned. According to the MetLife Foundation, people over 55 dread getting Alzheimer's disease more than any other. Yes, loss of your memories and who you are. The statistics are staggering. One in eight get some form of dementia or Alzheimer's over this age of 55, while one out of three at age 85 shows significant symptoms. Until recently, it wasn't believed that you could repair, heal, or grow new brain neurons. But now research shows how amazing the neuroplasticity is in your brain. While good nutrition, sleep habits, and exercise play a large role in helping you keep your mind intact, you can now re-energize your brain with a powerful new program that wakes up your brain and promotes deep neural healing. I have watched what others have called hopeless cases come out of comas and dementia and improve dramatically in a short period of time, much to their doctor's total surprise. Comments I hear often are doctors saying, I've never seen anything like this. You can get the same brain healing in a program that you can use over and over again to heal your brain and brain glands and keep them energized. You can live your best life ever with your memory fully intact. Isn't your brain worth a small investment? Go to scientifichealer.com forward slash brain to find out more. That's go to scientifichealer.com forward slash brain to learn how. Welcome back. You're listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Chopolis. You can discover more about scientific healing and the deceptively simple processes for interacting with others positively and effectively. Go to scientifichealer.com forward slash success to learn how to be energetically attractive to others and magnetically attract people to you. Before the break, we were talking to Denise and Joe about relationships and how they can help transform yours. Let's dive deeper into their process. Welcome back. Uh, thank, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So um, now we're talking about, you know, we were talking about connecting, people connecting, and uh, for the right or the wrong reason and red flags. That was a really interesting topic. So now, um, you know, one of the things we talked about also is the honeymoon stage, and you have managed to keep it into that honeymoon stage. So what, what's the real, the biggest mistake that, that couples make that break down the love in their relationships? Well, first, let, let me give them a little bit more of a foundation about the honeymoon stage. So the honeymoon stage, research has been actually done on this. 
it, the, it lasts anywhere between 18 months to two years. And there's actually a chemical uh, in the brain, oxytocin, I believe it is. It's oxytocin, yes. Oxytocin that is being, I'm not a scientist. <laughs> or, I am. <laughs> you are. Awesome. <laughs> um, so that's what's being released. Well, that's being released because the relationship is new and it's interesting and you're learning things. And there's so much kindness and really needs are being met like we're not alone and there's this intimacy that we get to have with one another that is really enriching and fulfilling and those contribute to that hormone being produced in the brain well what we've discovered is that with joe and i that stage continues to accelerate it's not getting less. It's actually getting better and better and better and more exciting. And I remember in the beginning of our relationship, and this is part of what we teach in our, in our course, in the beginning of our relationship, I told Joe, I will never get used to you. Now, that was an intention. That was an intention. And I also, you know, coming out of a very unhealthy relationship with a man who is very ill and into a relationship with a man who is very healthy and very loving and my needs were getting met in a different way it was nothing short of miraculous for me i knew i knew in my soul that it was possible but to experience it is a very different thing right so we need to understand that it's we when we behave in ways that cause what we refer to as micro tears in the, in the foundation of the relationship. We literally take these tiny little steps back out of the relationship, even though, and I know everybody has felt this way, when couples get into an argument, um, they have this fight, words get said that are hurtful, feelings are hurt, you go to your separate corners, you don't want the relationship to end, so you come back together, somebody says, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry I said those things, and we say, okay, we're done with that, right? But what we literally did is we put that, that information into a file that we access later. And we have taken a tiny, tiny enough step back that we don't recognize it until one day we wake up and go, I want out. I, 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 I'm so unhappy what happened. And, and it was these little tiny tears. And Joe will explain a little bit more about that. Well, that, uh, that folder that we store that information in could be called red flags. So it's all these little red flags that are popping up. Uh, we're really huge fans of Dr. William Glasser's choice theory and uh, uh, regarding control, controlling behaviors versus loving behaviors. And what we mm -hmm. is so many of us operate out of controlling behaviors because as children, we were controlled by our parents and then we were controlled by our teachers and we were controlled by our employers and, 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 and it just goes on and on and on. So we believe falsely that we're uh, that we at some point can elevate out of that place and then we get to have some control and often we have we think we can have control over our intimate partner so our our spouse uh, or our boyfriend or girlfriend and what what ends up happening is that that tears down the relationship with by by trying to control so when Denise, when, when Denise and I met, she said, um, she told me that, that, uh, that I had freedom in this relationship to, to, to be authentic and to, and to make choices for myself. Now, 
I had a mother, Anastasia, I'm not sure how your mom was, but I have a mom who still to this day tells me so often, Joe, don't do that. Don't do that. We get together for holidays. And she's like, don't do that. And, and I really, it's, it's such an emasculating place for a man to be in. And I think for men in relationship, we leave our, our parents and we jump into a relationship with a, a partner that we've maybe unconsciously chosen that either represents the parent that we had the most issues with in, in, as, as children. And so we're used to this type of treatment, but then we'll grow to resent it. And those resentments then continue to build up. And again, those are red, these red flags that if they're just put in that folder and not really discussed, not discovered, not gone through a healing process, the resentment will at, at some point break the relationship. Yes, I completely recognize that. I married my mom. (laughs) (laughs) She even had the same birthday as my mom. That was even freakier. Wow. I know. We require those relationships. We do. Yes, because we feel they feel familiar. You know, you get into the relationship and the constant for my mom, she was constantly criticizing a lot like yours, but, you know, not only telling me not to do that, don't do that, but do this. Mm -hmm. So I always felt like I was the marionette on the strings. Mm -hmm. And so then when I found a guy who said, don't do that, do this. And he was always whispering in my ear, wherever we were, how to behave all the time. It felt very familiar. Mm -hmm. And so you think, oh, well, my mom loves me and this guy loves me. Right. Yeah. And so, so you start loving that familiarity. And yes, of course, later you grow to resent it. Yeah. <laughs> by being, by being authentic in, in our relationships, uh, it, it gives us so much freedom. Yes. One of the, one of the ways that I, I look back at, 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 at my marriage, which was generally good, was that when we, when I believed, when I believed that uh, a behavior that I engaged in was something that I would be, my, my ex-wife would judge. I would want to hide that. So I, I, I didn't want to be around. I would, I would want to, I would make the commitment to go out and do fun stuff. What I perceived as fun, which was mostly partying with my friends mm-hmm. throughout the year. But I knew that my ex-wife had a judgment about that. So I would want to hide that. And mm-hmm. we have permission to be authentic, who, who we truly are in relationship, then there's nothing that I, I need to hide from Denise. So as if, and, and for men, I know that this is a huge, huge issue where men often hide things because they feel like their wives have a judgment about it. And that's also leads to then the breakdown of trust in the relationship. Well, right, absolutely. Because once love, once love, trust, and respect start to break down, the relationship is is in the process of crumbling. Yeah, yeah, right. So, can I identify a few of those uh, controlling behaviors that people might not recognize as controlling? Oh, awesome! Yeah, let's let's hear them. Uh, they are blaming. Mm-hmm. Anytime we blame our partner for something, um, nagging, complaining about something, which by the way, is, is the opposite of making a request and Mm -hmm. request requires humility and blaming or complaining is more of an, of an act of ego, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Threatening, Mm -hmm. punishing, punishing. Joe and I see couples doing this 
constantly. And there are many, many forms of punishments that we can dish out. Uh, and they don't work, by the way. Nobody's changing because they're being punished. Children will, but not adults. Adults just resent it, and they usually will do the opposite. Then they, they move into passive-aggressive behaviors. Uh, okay, hold on. Go ahead. Okay, so I was just, I just, there is some chirping that's coming through. Ooh, there was, yeah. Huh. Yeah, okay, it's over now. And then um, uh, rewarding, like oftentimes women will reward behaviors that their husbands do or that the, the men they're in relationship with, with sex. Like sex is this carrot that they dangle over the man, who's by the way, starving. Um, that if you'll do this, then I'll do that. Well, that's a form of manipulation, which is control. Those, those are the okay, awesome. So, so now, um, <clears throat> when people first come to you, and their 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 relationship is in trouble, or they're looking for their ideal mate, their soulmate, so to speak, um, what's the process you take them through? Well, the first part of the process is an interview process. We'll do a, a, an hour sort of consultation to see where they're at in their relationship and if they're going to be a good match for us. And one of the things that we're looking for in clients is an openness. And, and we, mm -hmm. can really, we can really tell through that interview process how open someone is going to be to change. Um, and then once we get them, it's, it's, and, and it's really the interview process is, is them uh, uh, recognizing like, hey, do we like Joe and Denise? Do we like their personality? Do we like what they have to say? Uh, we're, we're also looking for a spiritual component, an openness to spirit. Much of the work that we do is uh, under the guise of relationship healing, but it, but it is very spiritual at its core. The other thing is um we, we need a strong willingness to work because we're inviting people to work on their own stuff. And Anastasia, it's really fascinating to me. You know, I've, I've studied human behavior for like thir three decades and, and I love it. I find hum humanity incredibly fascinating. And one mm -hmm. of the things that we have a tendency to do is to, um, Oh, shoot. I just threw a blank. Interview. People yeah, don't it's okay. I'll, I'll edit this part out. out. Um, okay, I'll go back. We, we, have a we want it to be the other person instead of us doing our own work. Because wouldn't it be fabulous if I could just say, well, Joe, here's the problem I'm having with you, change that. And then I don't have to do anything. But all the work is involved in changing the relationship and changing your own level of happiness is within. So if our students aren't at a place to, like, they have to have this happen, they're not going to do the work. The pain has to be pretty significant for them to be able to do the work, step into doing that kind of work, because that kind of work is intense, and it is uh, it is um, painful to the ego. It's 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 an extremely painful process. I had to, you know, for me when I went through a lot of that spiritual awakening and recognizing where what my part was in it. 
is that I realized that we are each 100% responsible for whatever the relationship is doing. So it doesn't matter what the other person is doing. It matters what I'm doing. Yes. Right. And so, and so get coming to that painful realization is not easy for a lot of people. You have to be willing, you have to be able to look in the mirror and go, oops. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yes, but that's also on the flip side of that is that it's also really incredibly good news yeah. because we don't. Yes, we, because it's free. Out. Yes, and <laughs> you know, and we and it doesn't require us pulling our partner along. Yeah, yeah, yes. We've had and and exactly. And if we don't correct, and if we don't correct it, we're just going to keep repeating the mistake, same mistake. Doesn't matter how many your you know your parents were each married to eight people. They probably married the same person eight times. Exactly, you're exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> they did. <laughs> so I interrupted you. What were you going to say? Um. No, I passed on it. <laughs> Okay, so let's tell us a success story. So some this couple that was probably about to split up or, you know, in really deep trouble. So tell us what happened with it. Tell us about that. One of my very favorite stories, you know, I want you to um, realize that we always get stage four relationships. If you think about cancer, if you get the stage four diagnosis, it's metastasized to your whole body. And they're basically telling you to get your things in order, right? Mm -hmm. So couples have a tendency to wait, thinking that it'll self-correct or something. And so we get these very, very difficult, uh, challenging relationships. So this one couple, young, a very young couple, and I love working with young couples. They're amazing. Um, the woman had... Uh, had an affair and her her partner found out they weren't married her partner found out about it and he they were in this year by the time she came to me they were in this year-long process of him punishing her every day for that choice and her regretting and repenting and feeling horrible about herself and who she is and and what she had done to him mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so when I introduced her to, I brought her into the very first session, I identified her core wound and how she had actually uh, created her suffering through that choice to have an affair because it was in alignment really with um, who she believed herself to be at that time. So we worked on that. And I separately, this was before Joe and I were working together, I separately worked with her husband, I mean, with her partner, um, and we were, it wasn't at the same level that I was working with her because he was extremely angry and was frustrated that he even wanted to continue in the relationship. And yet he did. He was still there, but he was there just in a place of punishing her repeatedly. So as I got them to take a, take a look at who they are. Uh, in their essence, and from a very different perspective than they were used to, the relationship began to shift. And Anastasia, I, I, you talked about this at the very beginning of, of this podcast. Our relationships are reflected throughout every area of our life. And this couple ha were entrepreneurs, had their own business. And in the last year, their business had gone from being re doing really well to 
barely surviving. They were borrowing money to be able to pay their rent. It was, it was a nightmare for them, for their business. But their energy was, was too messed up. He was too angry and bitter and resentful. And she was too feeling horrible about herself to engage in their business in a way that would be energy that other people would be attracted to. So we just dealt with that, those things that were going on. And literally the work that we do, Anastasia, is shifting people's perspective from one of fear, how they look out at the world and at themselves, to one of love how they look out at, at themselves and at the world and aligning our behaviors with love rather than with fear, even though fear will stay, fear is always there, but aligning our behaviors with love. And this, that couple they're well, they're doing beautifully. They're they're um, The woman said that she had had counseling almost her entire life. She was uh, 26 and she said from the time she was 16 years old, she had been in therapy over these wounds that she had. And she literally broke those chains and they were done operating, controlling her life. And, and their relationship is completely healed. They're very happy and their business is doing really well. Right. It always comes to the same thing. And just for people to recognize, you know, a lot of us are in business. I'm in business, you're in business is that when your mood goes down into those low frequency feelings of anger and shame and guilt and resentment and jealousy and fear, when you're operating from that point, it's like you're repelling people to work with you. You're repelling money. You're repelling everything. Mm -hmm. And when you're working from a place of joy and you're working from this place of love and happiness and all of that, it's, it magnetically attracts to you because your frequency is higher. Yes. You can actually measure the frequency around a body of a happy person and a sad person. And a happy person has double the frequency than a sad person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it really is frequency. And we, we emit this out from our hearts and everybody can receive it. It goes out 20, 30, 40 feet, probably a lot longer, probably a lot farther, but it emanates out. So when you walk in a room and like people are happy, it lifts you up because you start to vibrate at that same level. Mm -hmm. And likewise, when you go into a room and there's a bunch of fighting going on, just like kids that have been in uh, relationships that you know, from parents that have been in very difficult relationships, challenging relationships where there's a lot of shouting going on, the kids grow up in that vibration and they kind of like, they sort of stick with it mm -hmm. and they carry it into their adult life. And that's what you're actually defeating. That's really awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so and what, what, what's an action? Well, you know, what are a couple of tips when you're in a troubled relationship aside from it, before it gets to stage four, what are a couple of tips? I mean, you've given us some juicy tips about operating out of love and and realizing that your partner is actually a, you know an opportunity for you to grow and learn but but what are a couple of tips that can help people that are starting to go down the wrong track and they're not there yet to the stage four oh, that's an excellent question <laughs> one of the things that we recognize is that as you said is that we're really we're, we're just we're mirroring our partner and our, the, the issues that, that come up for us, that rise up, that, that 
those emotional buttons are when we when we get to look at our partner we we can we, instead of seeing them as a problem like oh you're causing this emotional stress within me and if we look at them as an opportunity for to recognize and to understand what is within me that requires healing that's what we call this house of mirrors. So every relationship, every relationship that we engage in can really be a, a, a teaching experience for us. It's just a matter of, of shifting our perspective from one of insecurity, oh, well, this is bringing something up for me to an opportunity to uh, do, some, do some inner deeper work, which is what we love helping people to see. So in other words, writing down your judgments of your partner and then being able to look at those and then, and, and then apply them to where they, where they sit for you. So let me give you an example real quick. Uh, I've been, I'm a procrastinator and I have been procrastinating writing a book for a long time, uh, for a long time, years. One of the things that Denise, well, because we are in close proximity with one another almost 24 hours a day, is when Denise would look at me procrastinating on my book and would have a judgment like, Joe should be working on his book. Oh, that was a weird sound, huh? Okay, so let me, the example is when, when Denise would notice me not working on my book and she would have a judgment like, Joe should be working on his book. What she recognized was, wait a second, I should be working on my book. So instead of, instead of uh, putting any negative energy on me, like Joe should be doing this, Joe should be doing that, she took the opportunity to say, Joe should be working on his book, but I don't need to tell him that. I need to apply this to myself and I need to be working on my book, which actually got her to finish her book. <laughs> and I'm still working on mine. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. We're all in our own pace and time, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so yes, and I and there's another thing I'd like to add is that every wound that we have, we chose to have it. Mm. We chose to have it because it's something that we wanted to tackle in our lives. So, um when when I was younger, I was very bashful and insecure. And I chose to have it so I can, you know, now I can get up in front of a crowd of, you know, 300, 500, 1,000 people and talk comfortably, which never happened before until, wow. you know, I had to work on that. That's right. And so, and so I, you know, one thing that I, I can tell you from everything that you've said is you go towards the fear or you go towards the discomfort yeah. in order to solve the problem. Yes. Right. And you're solving it for yourself. You're not, your partner doesn't need to change. You need to change. Your reaction needs to change. Yeah. And right? as you change, your partner will change. That's right. Mm -hmm. Because it's a dynamic, right? You're connected and you're connected through your hearts. And that, and the energy is always being like you sitting in close proximity. You're sitting in her field and, and she's sitting in your field. And so you're, you, you're feeling each other. And you're feeling each other's emotions and thoughts, and you're actually transmitting thoughts. People don't realize that we're all telepathic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Vitally important to be aware of, Anastasia, because the person who you're lying next to in bed every single night, if they're in a space of negative energy and negative thoughts and defeating thoughts and victim mentality, that you have to know that that is affecting you. <laughs> Yes, I have, I have ways to clean that up. Yay! <laughs> I clean it up every morning because, I have, because I'm the matriarch of a big family. And, um, 
you know, people connect to me and I have a lot of healing clients and they connect to me that way. And I just have to clean it up every morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So there are ways to clean it up, but why should you have to do that work? Right. Why should you have to, it would be great if, you know, it would be great if every couple could have that kind of dynamic instead of having those micro tears. Um, one thing my mom always said was that a relationship is like a glass. When you start to break it, it's really hard to repair it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, if you chip but, the but glass. It, but it absolutely is possible because one of, the, one of the things that we teach is that we are wounded and innocent. We're mm -hmm. not guilty of all of these horrible offenses that we accuse one another of. We're really just operating out of a wound. So yes. of course we're going to wound other people when we haven't done the work. To yes. uh, the biggest, the greatest gift you can give yourself, your children, your lover, your friends is your own healing. That's yes. the greatest, most empowering thing that you can do for yourself. And because you pull everybody up along with yes. you. As you heal, everybody around you heals. Yes. But yes. you have to be the brave person to do it first. Yes. And then everybody else will follow. Right. That's, that's an awesome gift for people. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> One other thing, real quick, I wanted to, uh, a tool that we teach is we have our students make um, a relationship board vision board mm -hmm. and, and then we teach them that whatever is on that board what you want to experience throughout your relationship with that person and all of your behaviors must be in alignment with that board so you can't expect to have a loving relationship into your older years where you have deep intimacy and connection and tell your partner how terrible they are what everything that they're doing wrong that they're not enough that you know you've got this whole list of you do this and that and this and the other and you're stupid we can't love doesn't do that and that those behaviors are what has created the condition that your relationship is currently in and if it's not favorable then just change your behaviors right out of that experience Right. But if your behaviors are in alignment with your vision that you have for your relationship, I promise you the relationship will turn out that way. It will. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's the big tip. That's the, the big tip. And in actually it's in all walks of life, right? Yes. It's like, if you want to, if you want to have a, a lean, healthy body, you have to do the behaviors. You have to get exercise. You have to eat healthy. Um, you have to get to sleep early and drink a lot of water to help your body function in a healthy way. Yes. And if you want your relationship healthy, you have to do all the things, <laughs> just like eating right and exercising, you have to do all the right things to show that that, you know, to basically tell the universe that you want that energy to be going in the right direction for both of you. So that vision board is really, really awesome idea. I love that idea. So listen, people, <laughs> when you have a relationship that you want to create, whether you've got a partner now and you're not quite happy, you don't have to trade him in for a new model. <laughs> you can keep him <laughs> or her and create a vision board and then operate from there. Yes. That's, that's a really awesome tip for people. So let's talk about your best-selling book, Revealing the 10 Secrets to Having Great Relationships. And I, I read the first chapter, really, really fascinating idea. And, and um, I saw the, the um, 
table of contents for the rest of the chapters. Okay. So it's called Real Passion Revolution. And in the show notes, I'll have a link to it so people can buy it directly. Okay. Well, because I'm such a strong advocate of doing the work, this is a workbook. It is, a, it is literally um, all of the knowledge and uh, the experiences that I have gained over 35 years of being an adult in, in relationships. And I, I just brought together, it was what was really awesome about it is I didn't realize what I had. I knew I had learned all these tools. They were just kind of scattered all over the place, kind of like a puzzle, puzzle pieces. And it wasn't until in getting into this relationship with Joe that they came together like magic to make mm -hmm. beautiful things. So it's all of my best, um, uh, tools and the the workbook the questions at the end of each chapter are there designed specifically for you to get at very specific details of your own relationship and of what of your own wounds and what's going on in your life and there's lots and lots of stories i tell stories my own stories and stories about um, clients that i've worked with and uh and i i just think that it's um it's a great foundation of understanding it uh, a lot. It sounds like, it sounds like a really unusual book. Like it's a very unique perspective because I've read lots and lots of relationship books and I really like the exercises in that first chapter yeah. on the purpose of coming together. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, running through these will help give you more cl crystal clarity and help prepare your vision board, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so you're offering two things. You're offering a relationship quiz to, to help listeners evaluate their relationship. And you're also offering a free discovery session. That's uh, really amazing. And to find those things, you can go to denisedarlene.com. And it's just spelled in the usual way, D-E-N-I-S-E-D-A-R-L-E-N-E. -E -E. And you'll see the quiz right at the top of the page and uh, go through and, you know, be prepared to spend some time answering the questions when you go through. So tell us what that quiz will tell them. Well, the point of the quiz is one of the things that I recognized in working with a lot of students is that they don't understand, they're not at a level of, un of being able to say specifically what's going on. They can say they're unhappy or maybe we don't communicate well, but the words that I've chosen on the assessment are very specific to help people get a little deeper into wh what's missing for them. We might be able to say, well, I'm lonely. Well, what, you know, what's the loneliness about? So helping them get to these deeper places because we can't change what we're unaware of. And this will really help you come to a place of awareness of where is my relationship really right now? Not in my imagination or because I'm too busy to think about it, but really where is it right now? And what are this, you know, what can we do about that after that? That would be the phone call, what we can yes. do. Yes. Exactly. And I went through those questions and actually <laughs> my relationship is in way better shape than I thought. Well, that's great too. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. It's been such a delight having you both on the show. And, you know, 
um, a lot of people say, a lot of women tell me all the good men are gone, but they're not. So oh they're, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you're just looking in the wrong places. You're looking for this, for the same version of the old model you had. <laughs> Dr. Anastasia, here's, here's the thing. If, if we can help people to be the fullest expression of themselves, they will then attract that perfect mate right. to them. Exactly. That's, it's the same thing. Like if you have a business, you have to heal yourself before your business can grow. And if you want a relationship, you have to heal yourself before your relationship can grow. Yeah. Right. Yes, exactly. It's been such a delight having you both on the show and thank you so much for sharing all of that beautiful wisdom. And there are so many tips that I'm sure people will want to go back and listen again and again. Okay, awesome. Thank you for having us, Anastasia. You're most welcome. Thank you for listening to Scientific Healing and for our wonderful guests, Denise Darlene and Joe Palsevic, Transformational Love Coaches. You can get their free gifts by going to denisedarlene.com. Let's you and I connect. Go to scientifichealer.com. I know some of you that help or heal others intuitively or energetically are ready to take your gift to create a huge impact far beyond where you are now. I invite you into a conversation right now. I've reserved time for you on my calendar at scientifichealer.com forward slash appointment. This is Dr. Anastasia Topolis. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Topolis. Join us again next week for more expert guidance and practical tools to energize your life. Now take a deep breath and release it slowly before you go about your day.